BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is IT. I want you to do something for me. Make sure you download and subscribe Library Rap, the hip-hop interviews with Tim I and Cal. It is O-fucking-fishal, all right? Stop playing. Download and subscribe Library Rap, the hip-hop interviews with Tim I and Cal. It's cold. Known for creating Atlanta hip-hop with a twist, my next guest has worked with Jazzy Jeff, DJ Spinna, J-Live, and much more. His newest album is Kings of Vice. He's Senor Chaos, and welcome him to Library Rap, the hip-hop interviews with Tim Einico. Thank you so much for being here, man. Yeah. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Your dream life truly exists on the other side of your vices. So, so before we go into this new album, which is, uh, you know, with, with Illustrate, which is incredible, by the way, I want to go back to the cover art of The Chaos Effect. Um, you have a banner with the New York City to Atlanta, AT, you know, NYC to ATL across it. What's the significance of these two cities for you? Yeah, so New York is uh, the birthplace uh, for me, you know, was, was uh, born there, raised there, lived there to... I was about 11 and then I uh, came down to ATL. So that was a significance. Um, you know, a lot of people kind of migrated down to Atlanta in the 90s and even still to today. But uh, you had folks like Bankus Rex, uh, who Flux from Bankus Records is uh, the one who did the, the artwork for the album. Um, so the significance of, of that, but just also like the sound, you know, with uh, with, with Bankus, with myself and uh, so many others who kind of came down here and, and uh, just brought that vibe and, and and brought that sound and uh, adapted to uh, Southern living and, and, you know, as well, and kind of added that, that flavor and those nuances to it. So that was the science behind that. Nice. Was there the, you know, you said you were in New York till 11. Was there, were you able to appreciate the New York hip hop you were hearing when you were here? Or is that something that kind of, you know, grew on you as you went when you moved away to 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 ATL. A little of both, man. You know, my my father was a DJ. Oh, dope. Uh, nice. So you know, I've heard music since I, I came out the womb, and I'm talking, you know, old school, old old school hip hop, mm. like you know, Treacherous Three and, and Wow, nice Pony G and all of that type of stuff. So you know, those are that stuff that my father was playing. You know, when I was just a, a little kid, so I always heard, you know, the music. Uh, and heard the sound, you know, I think coming down south made me realize that, um, you know, it's just a different perspective. You know, when I came here, bass music was, you know, was the thing as a kid, you know, we call it booty shake music or bass mm. music, you know, and, you know, completely different uh, sound and vibe. But I loved it, you know, immediately loved it and still love it. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a little of both, man. Like, you know, it's, it's New York is, is, is the birthplace, it's the epicenter of hip hop and hip hop culture. So, for me, just kind of being inspired by like everything that was happening in the '80s as a kid, and and not just music, you know, uh, movies, uh, Beat Street, and and you know, Wild Style, and all mm. this stuff that was Star Wars, and and all of these things that were were coming out uh, ended up becoming influences. 
So, um, you know, you obviously have your own sound, your own flow to you, but I, but I have to, I want to, I want to give you props in the sense where the, when I, when I, when I, when I listen to some, some of your work, you remind me of, uh, the late great Big L and also superstition. How did right. you, how did you, how, how were you able to kind of, kind of create your own, uh, create your own sound, but also come to the point where you realize, all right, this is who I'm going to be. This is, this is, this is, this is what I'm going to represent. It takes a lot of time, a lot of experience, and a lot of confidence. Um, I think early on, um, you know, when when I was just getting into to writing raps and, and flowing, it's always like for me, you know, it was taking little nuances, make by by not to sound like that, but in your your own way, your own flavor. And then as as time kind of goes on, and I think everybody kind of starts like that, no matter where you started. You know, you you had something that you were. That, that you started with and but as time goes on you get more experiences you go through things you know you start to develop your your own voice and you know music for me has always been sort of uh it's, it's a release for me just in terms mm-hmm. of to uh deal with everything i'm, I'm dealing with as, as a young man trying to survive in america and and, and right. you know just just be a righteous person be a good person surrounded by evil and, and all these other things that are going on so it's uh always been kind of release and and the more that I release, the more that I can't release, you, you know, sounding like somebody else or trying to pick up somebody else's flow or style. Like it has to completely mm-hmm. come, you know, through my voice. And uh, that's exactly what happens. But it's, it's um, you know, I feel like the, the great thing about anybody who who's rapping now is, you know, we're all a, a, a product of our environment in a sense. And. Uh, for me, I'm just blessed to be a product of a dope environment of, of 25 years of, of incredible MCing that you know I've been around and been able to listen to, uh, and be able to take some of that that uh, vibe and and you know be able to put that into my music. And I always say I make music for lovers of lyricism. So you know you you name it Big L, you know great and superstition is the homie. You know we collabed uh, on our last group mm-hmm. project. We got a joint. Um, so you know those are brothers I, I consider you know, high level lyricism right there. So if, right. if I'm in that conversation and I'm in the right space, that's where I want to be. That's dope. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned your dad being a DJ and so I want to ask you about uh, the first track. Uh, let's take it back a little bit, the, the chaos effect, the understanding. Uh, it uses a kind of a great example of the DJ scratching. Um, what's for this track in particular, but also in general, what, what is this, the importance of the DJ and the scratch to you? Um, Man, that's a good question. It's like, it's, it's kind of like something uh, intuitive to me. Like you don't really think about it, but it's it's like it's it's always been there. It's there, and when it's not there, it's like it's funny. Me and Illustrator listen to the records all the time. Like yo, this needs some cuts. <laughs> nice. Like we got for some cuts right here. This we need some cuts in here. It's like it's just peanut butter and jelly, man. It's like that that piece. It just goes great. You know, you got a dope beat. You got some you know some flavorful cuts on it. Uh, it just matches well, but you know, once again, it's like you know somebody had to kind of make that uh, make that a thing. And uh, I think for me, growing up, you know, it was like Primo, and you know, guys like that who you know, Prem was always had the crazy cuts, and uh, I felt he made some records better, you know, by by how he was cutting on it or the way he was cutting on it or whatnot. So it's uh, it's just with that same mindset, man. It's just adding a little more seasoning to. Uh, a record, you know, you need uh, you need you need all your ingredients to make whatever dish you're trying to make, right? And the scratches is one of those ingredients, just like the beaters. 
I just turned to the new album, uh, Kings of Vice. Uh, you know, it starts off with a track of BTR, um, which is, I think, a great reminder of, of breaking rules within music, within the music industry. It's okay and should be encouraged. Um, for you, what has been the advantage to be able to break the rules? And do you think a lot of artists are willing to take that quote-unquote chance of breaking these rules? Yeah, I think um, I think breaking the rules allows you to move in a way uh, that you truly want to move. And for me, like that track was about, uh, you know, we had created Ultra Beast United as an indie label uh, with the plans to morph it into a creative agency uh, about a year ago, year and some change ago. And, you know, I think when we first created it, we were trying to set it up in the traditional way of, you know, how you would create a boutique label and, and you know, having the PR and, and all of these different things. And, um, at some point, I think we just kind of realized, like, for what we're doing and how we want to do it, it doesn't really work for us right now. So we have to go against everything that we've been taught. We have to go against everything that's traditional and just, like, you know, shoot our guns. Like, just just do what we know to do. Shoot our shot rather right. than shoot our guns. You know, just shoot our shot and, and uh, <laughs> you know, take a chance and just put the music out and, um, you know, and just try to try to. Um, uh, make sure we're connecting with other, other uh, lovers of lyricism. But I think for a lot of artists like our peers, yeah, you know, they're doing the same thing. Or, you know, if they haven't already, then, you know, they're starting to do it now. Everybody's just figuring out, like, you know, we've been taught as artists that there's a certain way to be successful, have an album be successful. Um, and it, there's no formula. It just doesn't work the same for everybody. You know, people like doing different things. Some people are very outgoing and social, like to be on social media and like to do a lot of video stuff. Some people don't, you know, so it's like you got to figure out what works for you uh, through your voice. And that's what Breaking the Rules is about. Uh, there's a dope line off of uh, On One, which I like because it uh, it reminds me of a lyric that I. Uh, you know, Talib Kweli spit on Black Star album. When will you spit? I'm confident even when I don't get no compliments. And it reminds me of the lyric, I don't get many compliments when I am confident. Uh, can you talk about the reason you wrote this lyric and kind of can you break it down for us? Yeah, it's, uh, so that's how I, I started. Uh, you know, I started the record. And it's just, you know, life is full of distractions. And, and sometimes in, in order to reach your goals, you got to feed your focus, starve the distractions. You know, when you get into a real zone, is like that's when you on one. That's when you're winning, and it's like nobody's gonna give you, nobody's really gonna give you praise. It's a, it's a very thankless, you know, job as an artist, uh, as a lot of things. You know, really, when you think about it, it's, it's people who do amazing things, and they don't really get thanked for what they do. And so that's kind of where that line, you know, came from. You know, I feel like I create good music. I hope people enjoy the rhymes. It's it's dope. But at the same time, if you don't, then it's like I still have to be confident, even when I'm not, you know, I'm not getting no praise. You know, I still got to keep going. And, and, you know, if if the album does good or bad, I still have to have to find the strength and find the will to make another one and and go back in on it. So that's what that's about. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The Car Pro Show podcast is available on iHeart, Apple, and Spotify. I can't take my husband anywhere. He's constantly behaving like a five-year-old, snorting, joking, yapping with strangers. It's so embarrassing. But the one period when he's fully engrossed in anything is if he's listening to the Car Pro Show podcast. Here they are now on the Car Pro Show. He gets to hear Jerry and Kevin share all the latest and greatest news and information about the CarPro Friends universe, reviews and commentary on all the newer vehicle lineups from every major brand, stories and testimonials about ultimate car buying experiences through CarPro.com, and certified CarPro Friends at dealers nationwide. My only regret is when this two-hour break from you-know-who ends. Save yourself! Grab some me time by tuning into the CarPro Show podcast on your device anytime, anywhere. Listen to the CarPro Show on iHeart, Apple, and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by CarPro.com, where you now have a friend in the car buying business. CarPro.com. I don't want you to talk about the business side of hip-hop and, and how artists have not been kind of be able to protect themselves. Uh, you start you start out the second verse with Tired of These Racist Gatekeepers. Um, can you talk about who you're referring to and what are they, I guess, what are they essentially controlling in terms of music? Yeah, it's uh, it's more so media. It's, it's um, you know, websites, uh, online places that, that kind of control uh just news and what's coming out and what's new and who's hot and and uh it's those sites it's a little of uh online radio and and different platforms and i don't want to go too deep and and, and call folks out because we still need them i still you know what I, mean? <laughs> I still need them to, to, to support and and uh you know to help reach these higher platforms but it's just like you know it's just meetings that, that me and four were having and and meetings i was having and conversations i was having and and you start to realize that, you know, some people who are kind of controlling the narrative of the music that's getting out also have an agenda. And, you know, last year, mm-hmm. kind of when I was, was going through that, that agenda just seemed to be like everything that was about uh, the destruction of our people. And, you know, if you, if, mm-hmm. if you weren't making music that uh, relates to, to, you know, selling drugs or, or, or shooting people or, or, you know, objectifying women and that the third. And it's like, you know, they don't want anything to do with it. They don't want to, they don't want to show this side of, of music that's coming out. And, um, you know, I feel like this, that's, it's not right. There's something wrong with that. Right. So once it really just kind of, kind of clicked in me, it's, it's every, every, everything I do musically is, is, you know, we try to express how we feel and what we're going through, but, you know, we also have a job to kind of expose what's going on out here. And cause the average person doesn't really know. They just hear music and consume it, how they consume and keep it moving. But when you're really in this and, 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 you know, having these conversations and these meetings with, with different uh, brands and organizations, you start to realize like, Oh, there's a bigger uh, agenda uh, here and it's it's definitely a, a hidden racist agenda. It's, it's you know a lot of these companies are owned by people who don't look like us, or not even owned, but just you know people that are on these teams, management and, and such. You know they don't they don't understand what we do or why we do it. It just becomes a thing of of you know what makes more money, and and also at the end of the day, it, it's it feels like it's it's moves are made to to make us look lesser than uh, in a sense or whatnot. So. That's where uh, that's where it came from, and I'm always going to express how I feel, you know, good, good, bad, and different, and um, yeah, that's 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 one of those lines. Is it? I mean, 
are these conversations you're having is that like are they blatantly telling you like you know is it is it blatant that how they're what they're saying in terms of pushing back at you or are they just trying to kind of you know they strategically kind of well you know if you sounded like this person no nah, it's uh man man you know and, and and there's an instance where it's been super blatant super like hey man you, you you're not talking about this and you know this isn't what the people want to hear and this is you know somebody who you know telling me what my people want to hear and it's like how do you where are you basing this information on and it just becomes you know this this whole cat and mouse dance when you start calling people out on things or asking deeper questions uh, you know about their their agenda about what they're because you know the thing for me is i always look at a brand and i look at their mantra right you, you look at a uh you know whatever site or, or whomever you know everybody has their little tagline that they're about uh you know we're keeping it real over here we're doing this and and when I have meetings with people, I call them out on that. Well, your, your brand mantra says that, that you're about uh, exposing great music or doing whatever X, Y, Z. So this is why I reached out to you. This is why this falls into that. But, you know, I've had an instance where, you know, it's super blatant where, you know, somebody was just like, man, you ain't rapping about this. You know, I, I can't support it. We're not putting it up because that's all we put up is this. And then you have other instances where people just try to tell you, you know, that that you know, the type of music that we make. Oh, this isn't what, what people want to hear. This isn't what the hip hop audience wants to hear. But it's more like if you put it out there, people will listen. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I listened to the, the album a few times, uh, which is great because, you know, sometimes you listen to one album, you're like, crap, I'm done. You know, but no, I listened to the album a few times with, 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 with such, it was every track spoke something new every time I heard it, which was great to hear. And I was like trying to figure out kind of, what was this kind of like a call to action that maybe you and Illustrate were trying to put together? And I got to the track. Eventually, I got back to the track, A Better Way. And, I, and you had this great, uh, I think, few words, one line saying you spit, my only destination is hip hop preservation and legislation. Uh, which I think is just like kind of that real call to action that this kind of album represents. Um, besides the music, how and how are you uh, trying to push for uh, hip hop preservation and also for hip hop legislation? I mean, I think right now for for me, it's like using my platform through music um, because that's the, the biggest voice that I have right now. Uh, at least it feels like it, and so that's kind of where I'm. You know, that, that's like the start. Uh, here, but I think ultimately it's like looking at brothers uh, who I'm inspired by, people like Killer Mike, who you know grew up same side of town and me, same area of town, and and being able to see him, uh, you know, just start with music and, and start with Outcast, but but be able to grow to be uh, a voice, you know, for for our city and a voice for a lot of people around the country, and be respected as as such, and uh, I think that's that's ultimately like a goal. Um, but for right now, I feel I'm just in my infancy uh, of any of that. And right now, I just want to connect with fans on a musical level to let them know where I'm at and what I support and what I don't support and being able to start there so they can understand, you know, who I am and, and what this brand is about and uh, ultimately be able to grow 
so we can do bigger things, have a bigger audience, and, and be able to make major moves. I believe that hip hop is is you know is is a gargantuan force globally, and I still don't think we we truly uh, kind of take it for for how powerful it is and, and for how much change uh, it can evoke. And uh, that's what Better Way was about. You know, you talked about the balancing act, and and you know, you're not just an MC, but you know, you're. You're you're also you know, a market a market marketeer marketer, yeah. uh, and you you've worked with uh, you know you've worked with you know Red Bull, EA Sports, RBK, Verizon, you know all these all these uh, brands. Um, how do you, how do you how do you? I hope this question makes sense. But how do you the balancing act there in terms of connecting hip hop culture and these brands culture, and and not fearing that you're going to as an artist water down hip-hop culture because it's mixing with some sort of commercial brand yeah it's um so your question is how do you balance that yeah yeah it's um i mean i think everything has to be rooted in in authenticity um and for me in marketing, you know, it wasn't something that I, i sought out to do uh at all i actually fell into it i was already doing music uh, I was writing graffiti back in the day, and uh, through graffiti, I fell into street promotions because they're kind of the same thing. It's basically you have, uh, you know, you have a thing, and you're trying to get it seen by as many people as you can, right? So you put it in the the most high profile areas you can, and, and it's, whether it's a tag or a poster, mm-hmm. a sticker, or whatever. And through street promotions, I got into uh, event marketing and then eventually product marketing, experiential, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, for me, it's all rooted in authenticity. And, you know, there's a lot of brands um, who are trying to connect with uh, our audience and our demographic. And, you know, they need uh, assistance uh, just in terms of of, uh, local, um, you know, just just way of life, you know, local data. Uh, local psychographics and i've been able to to provide that for for various brands through atlanta just to to say okay hey you want to come and do xyz you know you did that in new york it's it's not gonna might not work the same in atlanta you know you should tweak it and and you know do it this way to connect uh and i've been able to to do some you know work on some amazing projects for uh, a lot of different brands uh, and create some amazing products and experiences through that and it's all been rooted in authenticity. When it's not rooted in authenticity and it feels like, you know, a brand's trying to take advantage, that's when I fight back. You know, I've always been the person at the table who uh, fights for us. And, you, you know, I ask anybody I work with, you know, they, they either love me or hate me because of that. You know, it's just like I'm not going <laughs> if I'm working with somebody, I'm not just going to let you come in here and, um, you know, just kind of try to. Uh, make it a transactional situation or capitalize uh, off the culture in a sense. Like uh, I always try to work with brands to, to help them dig in and truly emerge, um, you know, into the culture and, and, you know, working with Scion, like, you know, was a, a big way and working with EA and the stuff we were doing around entertainers, and entertainment marketing, like it's all just been uh, amazing things. And I think those are the, the, you know, the most uh, impactful things that I could do as, as a career wise outside of music. I mean, you've you've also worked with Nike, and, and and you know, sneaker culture is always you know a lot of times very prevalent in hip hop culture. Uh, you know, Sky Zoo is huge with. Uh, oh yeah, we know, created it. So yeah, um, yeah. What is for you? What is the kind of the importance of connecting these two cultures uh, for you, but also the importance of uh, sneaker culture for you? Yeah, it's um, I think it's is. Uh, Jay Love said this, and uh, he probably got it from somewhere else, but you know, he said it. it uh, 
you know, if you, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Right. right. It was a quote, you know, that he said, and, and that resonated with me, you know, at, a, at an early age. So it's really about like, OK, well, what do I like? You know, I, I like music. I like sneakers. I like basketball. Um, how do I work around those things? You know, right. and uh, so that's really what it, what it was more about uh, for me was just like, how can I work around these things? And also, um, you know, just going back to, to inspiration, you know, I started to see people who were kind of doing what I was trying to do, didn't know how I could get there, how to do it. But, uh, you know, people like Bobito Garcia, you know, Bob was working mm-hmm. with, with Nike, you know, early 2000s and, and, you know, getting exclusive Air Force Ones and, and this, that, the third. It was like, man, well, how is how Bob doing this? Right. And so, <laughs> you know, you just kind of set out on, on that quest to, to figure it out and, and figure out how to, how to make relationships and build relationships. And it took years. Um, you know, before I was able to, to to kind of cross that threshold and do some of the things that I was able to do with Nike and work on footwear and product that came out. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's um, for me, it's just like, you know, what do you love and, and how can you be around what you love and, and make a career out of it and then feed yourself uh, out of it? Hmm. And, uh, is, yeah, yeah, you obviously, you, you, you're the, the album uh, "Kings of Vice" is, uh, I think, a full full of of of, of hip hop quotables, right? Uh, if there was a a lyric off "Kings of Vice" that kind of you go, "Oh shit, I can't believe I wrote that," what would be that lyric that you would go to? Whew, man, uh, that's a great question. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm Chris Hahn, the Aggressive Progressive. Check out a new episode of the Aggressive Progressive podcast every Tuesday. You know, the election is heating up just as the year is winding down. Stick with me. I'll tell you the truth as I see it. Download the Aggressive Progressive on Pandora or wherever you get your podcasts. I have no idea. (laughs) I'm trying to go through songs and think. Uh, I have no idea, man. I, I would truly have to sit with it. It's uh, it's a lot, you know. Um, uh, you know, the album's 13 cuts. Um, you know, the the, the guest features are just family. Um, you know, Binkus uh, and AOS and Headcrack and Book Brown and uh, Four Eyes and Jody and and um. Uh, it's a lot of just me, you know, just kind of uh, on the rest right. of the album, and, and I feel like it's one of my best projects to date, uh, for sure. Just because I was able to really get into a bag uh, lyrically and find a spot where I felt like every verse I was writing and every song that was kind of coming out, I started to feel like, oh man, this, I right, that one's really good, and then you know feeling like man i'll i'll did myself on this one like oh this one's even better than the last one like i made on one you know and and it's like okay on one's good but then uh wrote king and it's like oh man that's 
that was even better. And then, you know, Better Way was, I think, the last thing I wrote uh, on the album. And, and, you know, the second verse off of Better Way was like, oh, man, okay, I, I might have really impressed myself here. So it, it's a few, <laughs> man. Uh, I, I can't I can't uh, pinpoint lines, per se. Um, but uh, some of the verses, like, you know, this, the second verse on Better Way, um, mm-hmm. Uh, the first verse on stupid moves, um, you know, the the verse on Jimmy Jump. Um, I'm trying to, you know, it's probably like three of my favorite that just pop out um, off the jump. The whole song, 97 Lucini, I just have fun uh, writing that. But those are probably some of the verses that, that stand out, that pop out kind of at the moment after you ask that, that I really felt like when I was into them, like, Okay, this one's better than this other one. Uh, I, I might outdid myself on here. I, I'm impressed by you know how this come out, and that's the best feeling, man. When you're writing something, and you know you you're crossing stuff out and xing stuff out. When you get to the point where you're like, you know, you finish the verse, and it's and 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 just to answer that, I write. You know, I know there's a, a lot of folks that like, yo, we don't write no more and rap. I just go spit and like, nah, nah, I actually write everything. Uh, nice. that's on the album and and i have everything written and and you know i know the rhyme you know but before i get to the studio so i know actually you know uh how i'm gonna lay it down but those are probably three that, that strike out but but the whole album to me um i remember finishing it and then going back and listening to the chaos effect and and saying okay uh you know is this am, am i better lyrically and i feel like i was mm-hmm. and i am um so that was a good point for me it's like everything i'm putting out i want to make sure that it's I'm impressing myself uh, versus like the last thing that I put out. And I also, I, what I do like is that you, uh, you talked about the features and, 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 and there's no reason to be, you know, quote, unquote shy about having features on. But what I do appreciate is that you start out the album BTR with just yourself. Right. And then you finish the album KOV with just yourself as well. Um, can you, was that a, uh, one, was that a conscious decision to do, but two also, uh, if you could talk about the last track, kind of why leaving the listener with uh, KOV as the last track. Yeah, it's um, trying to just kind of provide the the perfect um, bookends, you know, that, that first and, and last. Like the first track is like, I got to keep you, you know, I got to I have to engage the listener to to make sure you want to hear what's coming next. I'm not giving you everything, but it's like, I'm just want to give you a little spice to be like, Hey, what's okay. The beast banging, you know, talking about something in here. What's, you know, what, what else is going on? I'm, I'm going to keep playing it. Um, and you know, so always, always like my, my first track, I think it was the intro is, is typically always me. I don't think I've ever done like mm-hmm. a, you know, like a collab on a first track. That's always like the one I want to set off. And, um, the last one was kind of the same, just the, you know, it's the title track for the project. Uh, it's just a mantra, just kind of celebrate the disciplines that's helped us create and, and communicate through the music that's on this project. Uh, you know, if, if, if I would have put anybody on it, I would have like illustrate the kick a little verse, but you know, other <laughs> than that, it's just, um, it's just kind of me sending you off and, uh, kind of low key prepping y'all for, for like, Hey, it's, it's going to be more stuff to come. And could you uh, give us a hint of the more stuff to come? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's a journey. And, uh, you know, the journey continues. And, and you know, King's Advice was just like, we just want folks to get in the car and take a ride with us. And, and once you feel comfortable getting in the car, taking this ride, like we could take you to the next place and, and, and continue this journey and just, you know, hit, hit all the destinations we want. 
That's dope. Uh, new album is Kings of Ice. Uh, the artist is Senor Chaos. Uh, Chaos, thank you so much for being on Library Rap, the Hip Hop and Difference of Tim Monaco. Uh, a great pleasure talking to you. My man, appreciate you. Kings of Ice. Ultra Beast United. Mud Knock Studios. Know how we do. Yeah. Uh, the great minds think alike, or do they seem to differ? My mind consists of an entirely different picture. I take you through times, my rhymes are scriptures, fictions. You jury man to the districts, and I'm still the victor. Take you back to May 2002. Me and my confidant was down the- BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California... And starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.